0: Freak, welcome to the uh, program. It is Monday. A very exciting uh, primary in South- (sighs) Uh, There is, uh, I mean, Super Tuesday is next week and it's like, really? I mean, what is the point of that? Um, Trump is crushing Nikki Haley now. Uh, There's lots of other things to talk about, but I want to spend this hour talking to you about history, and history that you may not know, uh, history of the beginning of our country in a way that you haven't heard in a very long time, if ever. We go there in 60 seconds. First, I have a challenge for you. It's going to take a bit of your time, not much, but a little. In the end, probably going to save you a buttload of money and better. It means supporting a company that is supporting our values and fighting for the Republic. I want you to do your own homework and considering make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, I, I believe in these people so much, I would invest with them, but it's like I, and then I'd have to tell you, well, I'm an investor, and uh, so it wouldn't mean as much. I think this is a company of the future. It does it right. It uh, stands by the country and the values that we hold. And then on top of it, they use a lot of the money that they make to go in communities and school boards and help turn the tide against this monstrous uh, wave that's coming our way and covering the country. It's Patriot Mobile. First things first, they do a great job. You get the same cell coverage that you have already. If you're on with one of the big three, you can switch. They'll make it really easy. They'll give you a free activation today if you use the promo code back. So make the switch, save money, get great phone service, and do your country a solid. It's patriotmobile.com slash back patriotmobile.com slash or you can call 972-PATRIOT. There are three books that should be a must in everyone's library. Everyone, within the sound of my voice, should have these three books, and I do not mean have them uh, in, um, you know, online. You must have a copy, a hardbound or a paper copy of these three books. The first one, The 5,000-Year Leap. A miracle that changed the world. That miracle was America. And it is the clearest defining of our principles and uh, what makes us, what made us, 5,000-year leap. Number two: the American story: the beginnings. The American story: the beginnings is the second book you should get, and that's the beginning of a series. The second book in the series comes out tomorrow, The American Story, Rebuilding the Republic. Those three books you must have. Why? Because the truth of who we are, what got us here, uh, what our real history is, good, bad, ugly, is being erased. All of it is being erased. Right now, when you have AI, and we know this as a fact now, AI is going through any digital libraries, and they are making small uh, but meaningful changes in history. At some point, you will not be able to go online and find the true history of America. It must be preserved by people like you. And the American story, uh, book one, The Beginnings and Now, Building the Republic, um, written by david barton and tim barton his son and they join me now comes out tomorrow david how are you good man good to be with you i am so excited uh for this book um, because you guys tell really pithy stories you cover a lot of ground uh it's easy to read and and they're fun they're great stories what the the thing i learned when i began teaching at church is the teacher Thinks When you're going in, I'm going to teach these kids. But if you really take it seriously, the teacher learns more than the kids do, usually. So you've been teaching American history forever. Tim, you're teaching American history now. What did you guys learn that maybe shocked you? Uh, You know,
1: I think I was shocked at the content, the amount of material that was brand new to me. And I think I've been through tens of thousands of original documents. I think I have a pretty good feel for the original content, and yet there was so much more that I had never been
0: exposed to. But anything that was beyond nuance, anything that was like, oh my gosh, this is, <clears throat> we have this wrong, or are we? Yeah. yeah.
2: And there definitely were things that were affirmations, we were going the right direction, but then some were fun tidbits, like George Washington, we know we had teeth problems, right? Mm-hmm. you know we had dentures. Well, yeah. He lost his first tooth to Rotten Decay when he was 23 years old. Mm. By the time he was president, he had one real tooth left. Oh. And he lost it as president. So our first president had no teeth, right? <laughs> I mean, kind of fun, nuanced things. But then when, when you go further, things that have shaped the landscape in and judicial structure, uh, the, the precedent of Marbury versus Madison, judicial review, that you can come in and review and change things. and
0: Explain, well, pretend I don't know what that case is. Okay,
2: so Marbury versus Madison, the, the way it's generally understood and this is one of the changes when we did some research and realized that the way it's being used today is a misrepresentation of what it was, but the way it's taught is No, no,
0: wait. Tell me what it is first. What brought what case what is
2: it? So Marbury versus Madison, it was a case um where where Marbury was uh, initially serving under John Adams' presidency, Jefferson becomes president, and there's m- multiple judicial appointments, last-minute midnight appointments. Right. And Marshall's the guy who is supposed to deliver all these appointments, get all these judges there, right. and he has 24 hours to do it. And they don't all get delivered in time. Jefferson is in office the next day, and apparently, some of these appointments were left on a desk. And Jefferson sees him and he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And so they are not given, even though Adams made the appointment, they were not delivered. So are they actually judges or not? Are they supposed to hold this position or not? This is the case that goes before the Supreme Court. Well, the Supreme Court then determines that, yeah, these guys really should have their positions because it was given an appointment. Where it becomes fascinating is the Supreme Court justice that delivered the decision was the same guy who failed to deliver those things in the first place. Oh, my gosh. He was one of the appointments that he made the Supreme Court. Wow. When the case gets to the Supreme Court, he's the one. So instead of recanting and saying, like, I shouldn't be here, well, then it gets even deeper and there's even more details. So
1: what happens is this is really the first time you see pure partisanship among the founding fathers because John Adams is a hardcore Federalist. Thomas Jefferson is nonpartisan. He doesn't think you ought to have a party. He thinks you ought to have principles, but he's running against uh, against Adams, and Adams says, well, you're not a Federalist, so you're a bad guy. So it's a really vicious, vicious, vicious
0: campaign. This is the campaign where uh, Adams says, oh, your daughter's heads will be on a pike after after Jefferson is elected, your children will be raped and murdered. And, oh, the,
1: the, the, the sermons that were preached by yeah. each side against the other. We got yeah. sermons that, that, that yeah. it's just and, and to clarify,
2: it wasn't Adams saying that, but it was people on Adams' no,
1: was, side that yeah. were saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: right. Yeah. And, um, and Jefferson went back and said he would, that uh, Adams was a, a, a hermaphrodite uh, figure, it having neither the firmness of a man or the – what was it the wisdom of a woman something like that that's right
1: and and, and so what happens with this thing is this is where this actually led to a constitutional amendment because it was back then that when you got elected president it was four months until the next president took office so you've got a four-month lame duck period and in that four months, John Adams he, and he's got a, he's got a Federalist Congress in the House and Senate. He said, "All right, let's do everything we can to put laws in place that Jefferson can't change." And so for four months, they're legislating like crazy, and that's where the Marbury Madison comes from. is Because what happens is Jefferson is a he he is he is a nonpartisan guy, and he thinks the courts ought to be just read the Constitution. And Adams is more no, it needs to be the Federalist view of the Constitution. That's amazing. And so Adams comes up with fifty-eight judgeships. And the the Congress created 58 new judgeships so he could stack the courts with his guys. And then when Jefferson gets in, he's gonna have these 58 new judges. So he gives all, they get the, the judicial commissions, it's called signed, sealed, and delivered. They make the commission, then John Adams signs it, then they put the seal of the United States on it, and the Secretary of State delivers that, that to the judge, and that's signed, sealed, and delivered. That's where the phrase comes from. So he did that for all these things, except, as Tim pointed out, your Secretary of State was John Marshall. John Marshall. And what Adams Ooh. does, he says, well, to really reinforce the Supreme Court, I'm gonna put my Secretary of State as Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. So he points Marshall to be the Chief, justice supreme court holy
0: cow so, this is what they're doing the left
2: does now exactly but, but what the, the argument is today is that well you're supposed to have judicial review that the supreme court can look and they can't overturn things and the, from the very beginning this was wrong and john marshall shouldn't have been a part of this case to begin with because it was he was the one supposed to deliver them as secretary of state he did not so there's so many things about this but, but the way so wait, was, wait
0: wait 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 this is where judicial this review comes? This is where it comes from. from.
1: And this, it, it's Correct. on such a flawed historical basis. This is, And I'll tell you, what's really interesting, too, is if you'll look at judicial review, the right of the Supreme Court to review legislative actions and strike them down, that's what's taught in every law book today. You're not going to find that taught in the 1800s or the 1700s. That's a 20th century thing that progresses picked up. And so what happened— So when, wait, wait,
0: wait. It didn't change things at the time. no it was brought up by the progressives later later as the example of how you should do it it, it's very
2: similar to when the progressives brought up jefferson's phrase separation of church and state and used it right right, in the 1950s 60s and 70s to remove religion when if you go back and read jefferson's letter he's not talking about removing religion he's talking about protecting Protecting religion from the government but this is what progressives did and in the midst of this what's, what's also contrary to the way it's understood today is that, well, Jefferson didn't deliver any of those. No, Jefferson actually took what was left, and he actually reviewed and said, you know, some of these people actually make sense to be judges, but then there were some. He's like, we don't need, like, dozens of judges
1: in this one little area. They had more than 20 judges just in Washington, D.C. alone, and that's a brand-new city. Why do you need 20 judges? And so he says, we don't...
0: Because you can do (laughs) what they're doing doing (laughs) today. That's
2: right. But literally, he says, we don't need all these judges, so he made a very practical, pragmatic decision and said, we're not going to give all these out, but... Marbury is one of the guys who didn't get the appointment. So it goes to Supreme Court. John Marshall's like, yeah, that really should have been delivered to you. And it's a shame it wasn't. We're going to uphold this position. Well, he was the one that was supposed to deliver it. Nonetheless, th- these are things as we said. And right. I mean, I, I understand right now we're getting into the weeds of some of these stories that for history, people is fun. That's not what the, the majority of the book is about. Our, our our premise with the book is that the majority of people would know the names of Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, right? Maybe even an Andrew Jackson, we know those names. But if we were to ask people, can you tell me a story of James Madison? And they might say, well, he wrote the constitution. And we'd say, well, that, that's a fact regarding, that's not a story about him. We don't know their stories anymore. And because we don't know their stories, we don't know the examples. We we, we don't know the lessons, the precedent. Even All the, we
0: know are the weeds. Right. Yes, that's right.
2: And, and and so often what we know is not actually correct about them.
0: But so let me ask you, what did you learn? Oh, geez, time is flying. Um, I got to take a break. Let me pose this to you first and then you can answer it when we come back. What did you learn about John Adams? Because John Adams is the first guy that puts in uh, the Sedition Act where, you know, if you print something that is against the government. You can go to jail. So unconstitutional, so un-American. What happened to him? What did you find? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Cause I can make a case. He's a really good guy, but then there's these things right after you're like, what, what happened to him? Um, I, I can't wait to hear your answer. If you have one, uh, that's coming up in just uh, 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about car shield. If you've never dodged a bullet before, let me tell you what it might feel like having your car break down on the side of the road, but knowing you should have gotten car shield and the bullets are flying. When you enroll with Car Shield, you're getting protection plans that start as low as $100 a month, flexible, month to month coverage, your choice of a certified mechanic, 24 7 coast to coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing and rental car options. You also get no long term contracts, so you can go month to month. Uh, car Shield administrators handle all of the paperwork for the repair, so you don't have to, and they cover over 5,000 major parts and systems. So, you're not left in the lurch. Look, the biggest things that you need to fix in your car, if your transmission goes, you're done. If some of the chips go, you're done. Not with Car Shield. Car Shield, call them now, 800 227 6100. 800 227 6100, or visit slash back. Protect yourself from unprecedented rising costs for parts and repairs because they lock in the price, and you'll save 20% on your plan right now carshield.com slash beck 800-227-6100 10 seconds station id you know when it comes to jefferson they've always said i mean there was even a book called the american sphinx he's hard to understand with the research that we've done looking at the first draft of the declaration of independence He's not that hard to understand. No. He's not at all. He's not a Sphinx. The one that's become a Sphinx for me is John Adams. John Adams was part of the committee, ran the committee, if I'm not mistaken, to draft the, mm-hmm. the Declaration of Independence. He is he's a fighter. He goes and he uh, uh, you know, makes sure that the, the, uh, the English are represented in court he destroys his career pretty much for for a while um he he just always strikes me as a good guy then he gets into office and i'm like what are you doing john adams was absolutely
1: superb on broad principles and uh, and and really on key leaders he's the guy who says george washington's got to be our commander-in-chief when nobody wanted washington Mm -hmm. he's the guy who said jefferson's got to write the declaration when he barely knew Jefferson. he was really good on broad principles where he falls apart is when it gets into policies and policy making his mm. principles are so sound but he doesn't translate them because he carries personalities with him so he gets ticked to jefferson now he's going to retaliate yeah. ah. one of the really good things about him that i liked is he was humble enough To really go back and reconcile with Jefferson late in life after they had been political enemies. Good friends for good friends, man. So he is really good on broad principles and on on seeing the right pieces. He just doesn't put them together real well. So he's a bad executive. He was a bad executive, yeah.
2: And and I would go further too, is in in doing the research, some of the context that comes out is every president oversaw a war to some extent. So part of why Jefferson and Adams have a falling out under Washington's administration is because England and France are back to war and right. Half Washington's administration is is team France Mm -hmm. and half is like, no, no, no. We're we're team England. And so they have a falling out because obviously practical arguments, we don't become a nation. If France isn't our ally, if their Navy doesn't come, we don't win the American revolution, but we've now been reconciled to England for 20 years and and they're our number one trade partner and all these things. So they have this falling out. Well, France is. Hang trying. on just
0: a second. This is the time when Jefferson and Thomas Paine go to Washington, right at the end of his term, right, and yes. say we got to support middle,
1: France. Middle second term, no, yeah. And so second.
0: Jeff, mm-hmm. so Adams was on Washington's side, saying no, 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 you don't understand. It's a-, a different Adams, revolution. All
1: the federal, man, the Federalists were hardcore pro Great Britain. I mean, w- when when the War of eighteen twelve breaks out later. They opposed the War of 1812 because it's against Great Britain. But wait, Great Britain's taking your ships. They're impressing your guys. So They're blowing weird. you out of the water. But they are so loyal to Great Britain at all costs. We'll stand with Great Britain. And that's where Adams was. He was he was overly loyal to Great Britain at a time when Great Britain was attacking us and taking uh, our sailors. Well,
2: and, and to go further, it wasn't just Great Britain that was attacking us and taking sailors. France yeah. sent some of their naval vessels, and they were impressing Americans. They were attacking American ships. So even part of what leads Adams to do this alien and sedition act is that France has actually sent people to America to recruit Americans to join them. They're impressing Americans. And so Adams is like, we're stopping this right now. So it wasn't the idea of necessarily silencing American voices as it was silencing the French people in America.
0: But, but the reason I say it is, is you well, can that's look- That's what Wilson did with Germans. Mm-hmm. And you saw where that went.
2: Right. But for Adams, I think some some of his motivation was very good. Yeah. But the way it played out became very, very bad in some areas. Uh, and, and we we kind of dive through this in the book, giving context. And it's not to justify him, but you see where he's coming from. And it's a little bit like when FDR, and this is not quite the same, but FDR doesn't even turn into the Japanese. And we're like, that's totally evil. But I understand if you're in FDR's position, you're like, what options do we have? We know there's Japanese spies here. We don't know who they are. We don't, I don't know. know where Listen
0: they are. Listen to the guy you sent out to find if there were, <clears throat> if it was a widespread thing who came back and said, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right. was ordered to start them and immediately quit. I mean, he built them yeah. and then immediately quits and I don't want anything to do with this. That's right. yeah. So, And
1: that's where that's where Adams is really good on the broad things. He, he really got the broad things right. When it came to putting them into policy and applying them, he, he messed up pretty often. I think that's the way I would be as president.
0: I, I'm pretty good mm-hmm. at the broad things, but I would be horrible as a president. I would be horrible as a president. You know, you can you have everybody has their own skill mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, to recognize it, which I think you're saying that Adams did right Ad- Adams, Adams is kind of an indispensable man. He, You know, we call Washington yeah. that. But without Adams, you don't get the results that we got in the revolution because he helped put the right people. You know, look at how we look at uh, Elon Musk now. Mm. And I'm not saying politically. I, I'm still out. I don't have any idea where he is. Um, however. It was those kinds of brains Mm -hmm. that that there were multiple versions Mm -hmm. of an Elon Musk back then. This never happened before. Uh, Hopefully it would happen again, but we'll see. Okay, maybe we're too far in the weeds. I mean, it's a geek fest when we start talking history and the American Revolution. The name of the story is The American Story, Building the Republic. David Barton and Tim Barton, available everywhere tomorrow.
2: Glenn Beck.
0: Life often keeps you so incredibly busy that you don't have the time to be held back from living it because of pain. Most of the pain that we suffer, especially on a regular basis, is caused by inflammation in our joints. And If you've ever had it, you know exactly what I mean. I used to suffer with frequent, terrible pain in my hands. I mean, David, used to travel with me. It was, it was horrific. I uh, tried a lot of things to make it go away. The only thing that broke its back is relief factor. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. You take it every day. Uh, it's a hundred percent drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Million people have tried it. Seventy percent of them have gone on to order it again and again. Thirty percent don't find any any you know relief from their pain. Okay, seventy percent chance is still pretty good shot, and it worked for me. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start. Nineteen ninety-nine. Uh, you can get it now, relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com or call 800, the number four relief. 800 for relief. It's relieffactor.com. We have an incredible Wednesday night special that I'll tell you about tomorrow. You do not want to miss, but you need to be a member of Blaze TV. Blaze slash Glenn. Go there now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to tell you about two books that you must have, and you have to have a hard copy. I told you earlier, um, one of them is The 5,000-Year Leap. Let me give you the other two. The American Story, The Beginnings, written by David and Tim Barton. Uh, it it takes you from uh, you know Columbus, The Pilgrims, uh, all the way up just before the founding. Then we have The Building of the Republic. It's The American Story. These are uh, books that everyone should own because this is being erased in real time. Please. They do all of their research on original documents. uh, And from the people of the time, they're not going in and going, well, you know, I believe what he was really saying. You take it from them and take it from the people that actually witnessed things. Um, So let me ask you a couple of things. I have looked for, bad things on Washington just because, I mean, he was so seemingly perfect and such an ideal man. Does he stand up after the scrutiny of really looking into the first presidents? Do you think he stands up? Absolutely. I,
2: especially comparatively right to the other presidents. Yeah. He, he set the tone and the example and the example he set put America on the trajectory for success. Like, like nobody could have done, uh, as you mentioned, Looking at him for flaws and errors, obviously, we come uh, from a position, right? Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh, as people of faith, we believe that Jesus came because we're yeah, not perfect. Right. With that being said, was he the perfect man for the job? Unquestionably. Did he do things nobody else could have done? Uh, of course. And he's... He reminds me a little bit in in the Bible. There's there's four gospels. The Gospel of John. John finishes the gospel by saying that were we to include everything Jesus did, yeah. there's not enough books, right? There's, right. there's not enough places right. in the world. That's kind of how you feel about Washington. The more you research and study him, you're so like you, this guy.
0: You found he made mistakes, but you didn't find any like nothing. Yeah, I mean were, he, he's amazing. It, it is amazing. And, and the other one,
1: John Quincy Adams was a lot like that. I, I I know everybody's got good, bad, ugly about him. John Quincy Adams was another that was amazing for the lack of mistakes and the lack of really bad decisions that he made. It's just not there. His opponents were really rough, like Andrew Jackson. But I I, I was really surprised at both Washington and John Quincy Adams, how clean their administrations were, Mm -hmm. how well they unified people or tried to. I mean, they were principle driven guys. We
0: were talking about uh, the divide, you know, with Jefferson and Adams. Um, is that in the first seven presidents, is that the most divided? Is there a lesson here for us on division and coming back together? Did you learn anything from any of these guys?
2: Well, I, I think it, it it makes a lot more sense why Washington, his farewell address, gave some of the advice he gave. Yes. It wasn't just open-ended advice. He's literally watching his own cabinet, right? That The people he's mentored, he's worked with his friends, his allies, he's watched them fall apart. So when he says... Focus on principle more than party. Yeah. right? Don't don't don't
0: be so distracted with foreign entanglements. Focus on us more He's not necessarily speaking to the ages. No. He's speaking right then. Directly to the issues. Shows man never changes. Uh, th- th- no. that, and because
1: man doesn't change, he is speaking to the to the ages. And it's interesting that when you get to the War of 1812, man, I, I would say the really good presence that, that that I saw, Washington, absolutely. Jefferson was remarkable. Madison had a tough hand dealt with him with the War of 1812, and that War of 1812 was a very dividing war in America. I yeah, because you had the, like you said, some of them were very, very pro-English. They were. Pro-England, pro-French, and so it's a very divided country. So Monroe comes in as the president after Madison, after the war, and, and the war was so bad that New England threatened to secede from the United States if we declared war against Great Britain. That's how pro-Great Britain they were. Wow. So they had secession conventions in the north. If you declare war against Great Britain, we're leaving the United States. I mean, that's that, crazy. That's how <laughs> I never knew that. No, yeah. that's how bad it was. So here comes Monroe in. How do you unify a nation that is all split? Monroe, to his credit, and, and I don't agree with all of his policies, but to his credit, he said, we've got to have a unified America. We've got to remember our principles. We've got to remember who, what we fought for. So as president, for the next three years, he doesn't stay in Washington, D.C. doing legislation. He gets in a carriage, and he goes place to place, city to city across the United States. He puts back on his own revolution uniform from when he's a soldier in the revolution. He's puts, just,
0: show off. I'm not fat. <laughs> <laughs> he can still fail. Yeah.
1: He puts his hair in the ponytail. He powders his hair. He does it. And he goes. And meets. With all the veterans from World War, excuse me, World War, he meets with the veterans from the Revolution and from the War of eighteen twelve. Guys, remember what we fought for. Remember what America's all about. And he actually looked up his greatest political opponents, those who were loudest. Again, he went and met with them and sat down and had meals with them, and and it gets to where. That people wouldn't really, that be refreshing? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. And, and so the newspapers in Boston, which is where they hated the most, they said this is the era of good feelings, and all the parties went away because he so kept how reminding did the, the pe- principles.
0: How did the people react? Like right now, if you had Donald Trump go, I mean, well, he introduced Lindsey Graham the other day, who I don't, I don't like. I'm not a fan. Of, no, but that was not a pleasant reaction. Mm-hmm. If you had somebody like Donald Trump going and have dinner with, I, I don't know, uh, whomever and was nice and open and they said oh we had a wonderful half the country maybe all the country just split on different sides would say this is this is horrible but
1: see this is what madison did for several years this is what all the news reports are for several years he's traveling city to city to city all the local papers are He's meeting with his opponents he's sitting down and talking and so i don't think you can get it done in one meeting trump can't do it in one meeting it would it would be a sustained period of time where people have to start rethinking and say well i don't agree with them on that but i guess he's what was the effect by the end Uh, it it was a unified nation now eventually they get into division again later because people just like to fight i guess but he he brought the nation together and to his credit that was a remarkable
2: and and to say brought the nation together the largely the federalist party disappears so there's one major party there's fractions inside the party because inside that party you have a john quincy adams and an andrew jackson who are are in the same party very different positions on a lot of major issues so they are very divided obviously uh, you know we're we're more team John Quincy Adams. We think Andrew Jackson right, pretty nasty in a lot of ways. Who he was, yeah. what he did. Yeah. Um, but f- specifically politically, because because Jackson was by his own explanation not suited or qualified to be president. He said, "I am I am suited and I'm qualified to lean men into battle where bad stuff, right, violence needs to mm-hmm. happen." He says that's what I'm qualified for. I'm not suited for this political stuff going on. <laughs> but Jackson's the guy that when he finally becomes president, he is the one who the the adage that to the winner go the spoils up until Jackson, every single president before him had chosen people based on their qualifications, not based on their party or based on the personal connection they had.
0: So So, I gave, hang on just a second. I gave, I said this years ago, David, I said, I think that Jackson at the end of that, if Washington could have come back a few years after, he would not say we were the same republic mm-hmm. after Jackson. Agreed. Do you believe that's true? Yeah. What that's Jackson cool. did was when he got
1: into – Tim said – and there's political uh, cartoons of the day to the Victor Go the Spoils. Yeah. That was Senator Macy Cena. of New York who said that he, he won. He gets – and so he's the first guy to say the people elected me on my agenda instead of America – It's my agenda, and he's the first one to take and start making the federal government respond to his political agenda. And as Tim mentioned, in the first 40 years of of the American Republic, they averaged dismissing two federal employees a year for the first. He dismissed more than a thousand in his first year. that's a lot of people back then uh, back then this is how this is how much he did he came in he said everybody in the federal government is me and they're going to have my viewpoint i don't care if you're competent or not you're going to do it my way so what he does is down to the postmasters the local postmasters you got to be a jacksonian to be a postmaster and so what he does is he actually takes one of his uh cabinet guys uh and makes him the postmaster general he then makes the postmaster general a cabinet level office up there with secretary of state and secretary of war and everything else and so then the postmaster general says, hey, uh, any any post office that, that doesn't like the message they're receiving, you don't have to deliver to the mail, the message you're oh receiving. Oh, my god! So in the South, if you have abolition material going south, the postmasters won't deliver it. So it's essentially like Biden going to the social media companies saying, hey, take down all the posts of these guys I disagree with. I mean, Jackson literally weaponized Every level of federal government for his personal agenda, not for what's good for the United States. And that's pretty much what we have today is whoever gets elected. They elected my agenda. We're going to. So how do
0: we then how do we look at? Because if if Trump goes in, he has got to fire. I mean, I would be for this with anybody doing it. You have got to shut these agencies down Mm -hmm. or pair them to the bone and they're going to say you're just trying to force your agenda they're going to say he was doing or will be doing what jackson did what's the difference the the difference is back in the
1: time of the founding fathers you're not looking at 2.3 million people that cannot be fired Everybody in the government could be fired at the time of Jackson. You can't do that today. And so, the, you know, Trump's looking at, well, I flip a coin. If you're born in an even year, you're fired. If you're born in odd year, the the way the union has run the government, you cannot recover it without a massive structural change under the civil service kind of laws. Well, and
2: I would go further, too, to
1: say that it's not when when you have the
2: state Supreme Court of Hawaii saying that it's time for us to we're, we're past the Constitution, right? We're going to move past it, the, the the ruling they did on guns just a couple weeks ago, and and we've we don't need the Constitution Yeah, they said we've evolved past the Constitution. When, that literally. When when you look at where we would be today, it, the, the challenge wouldn't be, well, we're going to fire all of the liberals or Democrats. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of Republicans who don't need oh, to be yeah, there either. No, no. And so it should be, well, who who upholds the Constitution, That's right. right? That's who stays. I don't right. care if you're Democrat Republican. Do you I believe agree. in the Constitution? Do you uphold the Constitution?
0: And so then it's it's not. I think you'd you'd lose about two million out of two point three. <laughs> you would absolutely. I mean, because Democrats and Republicans, they never talk about the Constitution. They never talk about the Constitution never. Never. at all. And, well, and that's
1: that's really what the first six presidents did. Was if you're constitutional, I don't care if you're my party or not, you stay. Jackson said you got to be my party, and and that was the dividing line. And and
2: the good news it, we highlight in the book as we go through so many of these stories, give so many examples, we see the decay in that time, and it's repeating itself over and over. But we point out, if we would go back and follow some of George Washington's basic advice, Oh yeah, we, we could restore address. so oh, many yeah. things yep.
0: now. So what brought us back from the brink of Jackson? Did it take the Civil War? It was a Civil War. Yeah, it was the end of the Civil War, which will be part three, right? That's, that's
2: the next book yeah, coming yeah, yeah. out. We'll go through there, go through Reconstruction. Um, and, and, and really, I don't know if America's ever fully re- – we haven't. I, actually, no. we can't say. We've, we've never <laughs> no. fully recovered from what Jackson started. We've only – We've only corrected course slightly a little yeah.
0: bit pushed it back or unfortunately then use that same system correct to to go our way. Just somebody I don't else. Want. In power. I don't want either of those mm-hmm. things um, guys. Thank you so much. It is. It's great to have you on. I'd thank love you. to. I'd love to do another show with you because I learned so much. Uh, so maybe we'll have you back. The book is out now. You can get it. The American Story Building the Republic by David Barton and Tim Barton. The American Story, now this is volume two. Volume one is the beginnings, which takes everything that happened before that led to the American Revolution or to the founding of our republic. Uh, And this takes it up to Jackson. Uh, These are must-have books. I wish these were acid-free papers um, so they would last forever. But you have to have a hardbound copy of any important book. And I can't think of any books that are more important to have other than the scriptures uh, and the founding documents than these two. If you want to understand American history and preserve it for your kids. As always, guys, good to have you. you, Thanks, bro. Love you. Bye bye. All right. When it comes uh, comes on time to sell your home, it's a safe bet. You're going to want to do some home repairs. Some of them need to be done. Also, some you know repairs here and there that can boost the value of your home. So, what do you need? Well, you need to know somebody who is a home repair contractor. You don't want somebody who's cutting corners, and a lot of them cut corners. You want the best one that will charge you the right price and do it right. So, one of the many things that realestateagentsitrust.com can help you with, a really competent agent, one that you trust, when you trust your agent, You then know that they're going to make the right decision because the people they trust are going to be passed on to you, inspectors, appraisers, home repair contractors, photographers, the list goes on and on. My company is dedicated 100% for pairing you up with the real estate agent you can trust, whether you're buying, selling, or just have some questions. We've been helping this audience for over 10 years now through billions of dollars in sales through realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Real Estate Agents I Trust.com.
2: You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, so, uh, coming up in just a while, we're not. Premiering it on this program because this program. (laughs) Always. This program uh, (sighs) would probably get into real trouble. (laughs) Well, (laughs) for this. Yes. Uh, So Stu's just releasing it on the internet. Yes. You know, that's the safe place. Uh, That's the safe place. Uh, You've got a little play by play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some
3: sportscasters announcing real life events. Today's matchup is Israel versus Hamas. Uh, from the mainstream media perspective. Mm.
0: The- so it's going, be, it's going to be very
3: pro-Israel. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It didn't come out that way at all. And it's a, maybe a tad offensive, but I right. feel like it is important to shine light on how absurd the coverage is of
0: Israel versus Hamas these days. How, much of the, how many of the lines that you took Uh, how much of it is at least in the exact spirit of what has been said
3: It's 100% in the exact spirit I mean it does maybe go a, a tad farther than at least they do publicly yeah. Uh, though I will say, many of the comments based on real world actual comments uh, from the mainstream it's media, unbelievable, uh, it's incredible. It's going to be up at uh, youtubecom studosamerica. It's debuting in about four minutes from right now, so so excited. Uh, go there Molotanial. and subscribe to the channel yeah. so we can do more of these things. Because obviously, they're, we're going to get kicked off YouTube for this or something else soon. So please uh, support at youtubecom America or of course on Blaze TV, slash Glenn. Promo
0: code is Glenn. So this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, Christian nationalism uh, and how it's being used. It's shockingly being reported everywhere, kind of like, Mm. you know, what I was thinking about, Judy, as we were talking about the news (laughs) is maybe it's time for a great reset. (laughs) And everybody was talking about it's happening again. And there's a reason for it. And I will show that to you on the Wednesday night special at nine o'clock on Wednesday. But I'm going to. I'm going to also be issuing some warnings tomorrow to CPAC. Uh, There is something that is taking hold, and I know they're fighting against it, but uh, everyone needs to be very aware. I'll talk about that on tomorrow's radio broadcast and our podcast. If you missed any part of the show, make sure you get it on our podcast. You can get it wherever you download your podcast or listen to us. Uh, Make sure you listen, like, and rate and review. The Glenn
1: Beck Program.